Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Sowing the seeds of cannabis and sounding the praise of our favorite plants, it's time to Hempresent. Our radio resident Hempo Sapien, Vivian McPeak, will present a weekly platform for guests and listeners to Hempresent about hemp and cannabis from the legal, activist, and reformist route. Let's round up and roll it up for our headmaster of hemp, Vivian McPeak. Welcome to the Hemp Present Resistance, a weekly radio podcast where you can get your PhD in THC because you don't just want to burn it, you want to learn it. Seeking to defeat the alternative facts of prohibition one interview at a time and advocating for the plant, the whole plant, and nothing but the plant. Join me for a weekly reefer radio rebellion against prohibition as I speak with some of the principal risk takers, movers, and shakers, and history makers and reform movement. I'm your host, Vivian McPeak. I am the executive director of the world's largest annual cannabis policy reform event, the Seattle Hemp Fest. In its 26th year, founded hempfest.org. I'm also the author of the book Protestable, a 20-year retrospective from AHA Publishing, also found at hempfest.org. Today's guest on Hemp Present is author, pot chef, and all-around cannophile Elise McDonough, who will join me in about one minute. When I started using cannabis, smoking pot was practically considered a revolutionary act against the United States government. Taking a puff was seen by some as a symbolic blow against the empire, a subversive, irreverent action that epitomized a rejection of the status quo and a cultural act of solidarity with an alternative culture that was spreading across the globe. The first toke I ever took was on October 20th, 1971, while I was attending a Grand Funk Railroad concert at the Inglewood Forum in California. I was 13 years old and attending the concert with a friend. The sweet smell of Mexican commercial wafted thickly through the dense air of the concert arena, and eventually the person on my right passed me a loosely rolled spliff, which I eagerly took a few puffs on. Needless to say, at the time, it was tremendously exciting, and I was probably a little bit young. I was living in L.A. and already hearing a comedy team on local radio named Cheech and Chong, and cannabis had by then become a central symbol of the Woodstock Nation counterculture. 
Within a few years, I came across the first issue of a radical insurgent publication called High Times Magazine, which to me was about the coolest thing I'd ever laid my eyes upon. To myself and my fellow young stoner colleagues, High Times was like a Playboy magazine but with weed and mushrooms. I grew to become an avid collector of the publication, having no idea that I would someday be awarded with several accords from the magazine, including Freedom Fighter of the Month and then Freedom Fighter of the Year. <clears throat> I would even eventually go on to receive the honor of being the 2012 recipient of the High Times Magazine Lester Grinspoon Lifetime Achievement Award, a distinction that I take great pride in. Fast forward to today, and those times feel like ancient history. As the collective sweat equity, bold advocacy, and fearless activism of cannabis freedom warriors all across the land has completely transformed the legal landscape around the gooey ganja. Cannabis is today a lifestyle choice, a fashion statement, a medical application, a religious sacrament, a dietary element, an investment opportunity, an ancient industrial resource, and a popular source of relaxation. Cannabis is a multi-billion dollar industry all while it's currently federally illegal and while psychoactive cannabis cells are restricted from operating outside of state lines. The future is being forged today by people who have the clarity of vision to prepare for a time when our planet and society has an opportunity to explore and exploit the benefits of the world's most amazing plant resource. One of those visionaries is with me today. A 15-year veteran of High Times Magazine, Elise McDonough is the author of the official High Times Cannabis Cookbook and Marijuana for Everybody. As a judge for the High Times, Cannabis has sampled over 500 examples of world-class cannabis cuisine, ranging from infamous Amsterdam coffeehouse spaced cakes to award-winning medical edibles in California and Colorado. As edibles editor at the magazine, Elise has dined upon ganja-infused specialties of underground chefs and reviewed a wide range of THC-infused products. From 2010 into 2015, McDonough was the event designer for the High Times Cannabis Cup Harvest Festival. After her recent departure from High Times, Elise continues to provide event planning services, art direction, branding, and marketing expertise through her newly launched consulting company, and I heard a rumor that she does interviews. Welcome, Elise, to Hempersound <laughs> on Cannabis Radio. Hey, I'm so happy to be here. It's such an honor. I made it through those tongue twisters in the introduction. And, uh, and let's just start off by asking, how did you end up being a cannabis-related author? Were you introduced to the culture at an early age, or did you have a – how were you introduced to the herb originally? Well, I grew up in Cleveland, and I was kind of a hippie kid. You know, That was what I was into. And there was a neighborhood where all the hip kids would hang out called Coventry. And so I made a bunch of friends down there who you could consider to be bad influences, I guess. But um, I started working at the Cleveland Food Co-op in that neighborhood. And that's where I met all my hippie friends. That's where I first started smoking the ganja. And that's where I kind of discovered just a different way of life that was um, such a wonderful alternative choice from the kind of typical binge drinking culture that a lot of kids find themselves in. So I, you know, I consider myself a hippie to this very day and it was just something that was always part of my lifestyle. Well, no wonder we get along so well. <laughs> um, how'd you end up being associated with High Times Magazine and, and what are you doing these days? Well, I ended up in New York for college and I went to the School of Visual Arts and I had a very inspirational teacher there named James Victoria. And I wonder, uh, I remember one day he uh, gave a talk to all of his uh, students, all of us seniors, and he said, you should apply for any job that's your dream job. He's like, just, you know, the sky's the limit. And so I said, well, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to apply to High Times Magazine. And I just happened to send them a letter 
and they needed an, uh, an art assistant. So I started um, shortly after graduation in 2002, uh, working in the art department, and uh, just kind of worked my way up from there. You spent 15 years at High Times, which would qualify as a stoner's wet dream for some people. What did your years at High Times tell you about America's pot culture? What are a few of your biggest takeaways? Did anything surprise you? It was a really amazing experience, and what I loved about it so much was the people that I met, as well as the readers of the magazine and the people who would come to the events. And we had this opportunity to travel and talk to a lot of different ganja growers and people from all uh, the whole spectrum of the cannabis space. And, you know, they were almost always just really amazing, kind-hearted, honest, interesting, cool people. And so that's what really kept me in the movement. You know, I, I came for the cannabis. I stayed for the people. I made a lot of great friends. And that was honestly the most interesting part of the whole experience to me was the people that you met and what cannabis meant to them. And these were people who were outlaws, were in desperate medical need, who had been arrested, who had been oppressed, and yet still they had such wonderful spirits and so much generosity and kindness. You know, I have to say, at least that when you know, I had the pleasure of attending the Cannabis Cup in Amsterdam uh, several times in the 90s and later, uh, and I had the same feeling that it was, it was, it was really amazing to me to meet other countries uh, and find out that pot smokers are just, to me, they just seem to be generally great people no matter where you go. I mean, do you agree with me? Almost always, yeah. We used to, we would say that, um, you know, cannabis is a cure for a lot of things, and uh, sometimes it can be effective uh, in treating people who are a-holes, but uh, not always, you know. So I think, um, you know, I really loved Amsterdam and the events there were so cool because it, precisely it was that mix. You got people from Japan, people from Australia, people from Brazil, all over the place. And just sharing that cannabis culture together was really amazing. And it was, you know, I've never been part of anything else like that in my life. One of my first experiences at the Cannabis Cup in Amsterdam was sitting in a room full of people and, you know, everybody, of course, is rolling their pot and, and working with their, their ganj, their, their uh, hashish or whatever. And it was probably 15 minutes into sitting there getting high with a bunch of people that we realized that nobody spoke the same language. Um, and it was so funny because, you know, we got along fine for a long time before that even came up. Uh, <laughs> in a strange twist, I'm now seeing the words luxury and gourmet frequently associated with cannabis in marketing as the industry continues to creep into previously forbidden sectors uh, of the business economy. How has the, the, the edible world changed since you first got involved, and where is it headed for, in your opinion? Well, that's interesting that you say, yeah, luxury and gourmet, and I have the feeling that a lot of these companies are trying to differentiate themselves. You know, there's a lot of talk about shedding the stigma of cannabis and elevating it to this level of, you know of uh, sophistication and it definitely has become a lot more sophisticated and there's nothing wrong with that and there's a lot of great pro products on the market now so when i first started judging for the cannabis cup when it came to the united states you would still see some products that you know had no labels on them had no potency information were wrapped in just very basic saran wrap or you know plastic baggies and, uh, you know, it's been such an evolution from those days, and it's happened very quickly. 
And it's very, very difficult thing to do. The, the science involved in proper dosing, the sophistication of the branding, marketing, and messaging, it's grown by leaps and bounds very, very quickly. And the industry is very good at responding to the concerns and the, um, you know, it's been very controversial edibles in Colorado and other states. It's definitely been the most difficult part of legalization for, uh, you know, society at large to kind of accept and handle. And there's been some issues around it. And so it's really interesting to see how it's changed, especially so quickly and today, there's a lot of trends towards luxury and gourmet items, and it's all part of this movement to remove the stigma, make it more sophisticated, and make it more appealing to a wider range of people. And so I think those are all great things. You know, when you mention sh shred, uh, shred the stigma, I kind of have to laugh because th there's this kind of – it's like cannabis wants to lose its uh, – its hippie roommate, you know what I mean? <laughs> kind of lose its association to the past and clean up its act. And I just have to wonder, you know, what, how far that's going to go. You know, I, I see hear some people say, yeah, they've opened a dispensary, but you're not going to hear any Bob Marley there, um, that kind of thing. Um, do you think in 20 years from now this will still be an issue? No, I don't think so. I think that it's all part of mass appeal, and it's all part of making it feel non-threatening to those who don't identify with the culture for whatever reason. Uh, baby boomers, you know, moms. There's all these demographic groups that us stoners think of as, you know, kind of the square folks. But if the square folks want to use pot, I want them to use pot, and I want them to like it, and I want them to have an experience that's appropriate for them. And so I do think some people go a little bit too far in seeking to differentiate their company or their brand from all those stoners out there. And it gets a little silly and sometimes it can be a little bit offensive. But I think it's important to remember that cannabis is here for everyone. And I don't care if you're using it while you're dressed in a tie-dye or if you're dressed in a ball gown or a tuxedo or whatever, as long as you're using cannabis and enjoying it, I think that's ultimately a good thing. But it's also important to remember the pioneers and to remember the people who were oppressed, arrested, harassed, had their life savings taken away from them, had their children taken away from them. And don't disrespect those people. You know, And if those people are part of our hippie roots, we need to remember them, respect them, and include them in the legalization that unfolds as we are seeing now. I'm speaking with Elise Madonna, the author of the official High Times Cannabis Cookbook and Marijuana for Everybody. We're going to take a quick pause for the cause because there's flaws and laws as we do at Hempresent. Hear a word from our sponsors and advertisers. Come right back for our next segment. Time to roll out for the people that let us Hempresent. Hang loose. We're coming right back. The smoke is rising, and the next crop of podcasts devoted to cannabis providers and enthusiasts are ready to be harvested. Welcome to the Cannabis Radio Network, founded by respected rainmakers who have been producing award-winning podcasts for over a decade. Industry headlines, business updates, medical reports, marketing, and e-commerce education rolled up perfectly for your consumption. Let's grow together. The Cannabis Radio Network. CannabisRadio.com Ignite the conversation on some trending topics along the Cannabis Radio social media network. 
Join our crew of thousands on our Cannabis Radio page on Facebook or at Canna Radio, C-A-N-N-A Radio on Twitter. Plus, look for our Facebook and Google Plus pages for all of our original programs and connect with Dr. Dina, Kyle Cushman, Dr. Mitch Earlywine, Nurse Heather, Doc Rob, the host of Gondrepreneur, and more. Connect with the growing Cannabis Radio social crusade at Canna Radio on Twitter or search for Cannabis Radio on Facebook, Google Plus, and Instagram and grow with us. Equio, New Frontier's cutting-edge big data platform puts the information and answers you need right at your fingertips in real time to help you more effectively run your cannabis business. Go to www.equio.io to sign up for your free membership today. Again, that's www.equio.io. Run with New Frontier and let us help you conquer the wild. We're back to Hemp Presents, only on Cannabis Radio. Now, back to our headstrong emperor of hemp, Vivian McPeak. We're back on Hemp Present with Elise McDonough, cannabis author. Elise, I'm just an old hippie who believes strongly in an organic, whole plant-based diet, free from GML foods, bad fats, oils, and sweeteners. You wrote Sustainable Food, How to Buy Right and Spend Less. What are a few of the biggest misnomers about healthy, affordable living? One of the big misnomers is that organic is too expensive. And I really challenge people to look at that more closely when they're shopping and especially look at what you're shopping for. If you're shopping for a lot of meats, cheeses, dairy, processed foods, yes, the organic versions of those products are going to be more expensive because there's a lot more input that goes into it. Uh, As far as your produce, you know, if you're buying seasonal local produce, the cost is going to be pretty negligible. And when you're supporting organic and when you're supporting family farmers, you're supporting a very important lifestyle for those people, as well as food security for your entire region. And so we don't want to lose those local family farmers. We want to support them. And I think some of the best ways to do that that's very cost effective is to join a CSA. And for people who haven't heard of that, A CSA stands for Community Supported Agriculture. So you're buying a share of a farmer's harvest and you usually get it delivered to you every week or, uh, you know, however the schedule works. And you get a nice box of produce and maybe some eggs or other things that you can add on. And it's a, a really great way to tap into that movement that can be very, very cost effective. And when I was in Santa Cruz, we actually were members of a marine CSA so that we could get locally caught seafood and fish, uh, you know, that we picked up every week. And it was a wonderful way to live. Your book, The Official High Times Cannabis Cookbook uh, from Chronicle Books, features some of the choicest recipes that have appeared in high times over a 15-year period, including dishes such as Willie Nelson's Texas Cannabis Chili, Cheech and Chong, Nice Dream Ice Cream, and Lil Snoop Hot Doggy Dogs. Were those recipes provided by those celebrities, or were those uh, yummy dishes just named after them? That was something that we created just to honor them, basically. It wasn't contributed directly by them, but it was something that we wanted to do that would be fun and kind of just interesting. And what I really liked about that book was that we got to talk about a lot of counterculture history. And there's recipes that were inspired by Jack Herrer, Brownie Mary, And so it it kind of uh, encapsulates not only cooking and recipes, but also history and some very interesting stories. 
one of the, one of the cool things about high times is all the star power that you guys are always coming in contact with and working with. And any cool uh, star power experiences that you have to report to us? Well, one of the last things that I did was uh, I helped coordinate a photo shoot with Damien Marley, and that's the issue that's on newsstands right now. So I got to say it was a big honor to meet Damien. It was really, really cool. Uh, he is definitely a, a power hitter, and I guess we're going to see a lot more of the Marley name uh, as we have a, a strain coming now or, or a company. Uh, Lisa, I'm, I'm often fascinated by the realization that there are so many people – who have the awareness to look to cannabis as a medicine, but appear to be kind of oblivious to their own lifestyle and diet choices that most likely made them sick in the first case. How much is conscious living a part of being a cannabis? It's a huge part. And what I like to say is that cannabis is a gateway. It's a gateway to herbal medicine. And, you know, Typically, the government, you know, for so long, they've said, oh, it's this gateway theory that you're going to use harder and harder drugs if you start with cannabis. And that's been thoroughly debunked. And what I really have noticed is that once people get into cannabis, there's kind of a, a, a switch that goes off in their mind where they say, this herb is helping me so much. Maybe I should look into other herbs or combine cannabis with different herbs to treat my illnesses or to just enhance my lifestyle. And so I think that's a big part of it. And realizing that our endocannabinoid system is there in our bodies for a reason and supplementing that system with additional cannabinoids can be a great part of improving your overall wellness. And I recently wrote an article about it uh, called Vitamin THC, where I kind of explored the idea that, you know, scurvy was something that was abolished by eating lemons and citrus and vitamin C. And for a long time, nobody knew what caused scurvy. And that, I kind of feel like there's a parallel situation with cannabis. There's so many diseases that can be helped preventatively by a dietary intake of non-psychoactive raw cannabis. And so I always try to introduce that idea to people that you can include it in your diet and you don't necessarily have to get high if that's not what you're looking for, as well as the benefits of hemp and including much more hemp in your diet any which way you can. And I think that's going to be a great effect of legalization is that we'll be able to have hemp grown and sourced in the United States. Those products will get a lot cheaper and it'll be much more accessible for people who need it. There's a proclivity to just add some pot oil into some food, uh, chock full of corn syrup, cane sugar, GMO, what have you, and then call it medicine. Is there such a thing as medicine, medical cotton candy? I mean, do people need to change their daily choices in order to experience and sustain maximum health, or can they just add some pot oil to something? Well, if cannabis is something that you need every day as a medicine and something that you are trying to include in your diet a lot, obviously the really sugary, fatty treats are not going to be the way to do that in a healthy way, and especially considering what condition you're seeking to treat. If you're a cancer patient, you really shouldn't be having that much added sugar at all because sugar feeds cancer. And a lot of other lifestyle diseases can be effectively addressed with diet and exercise as well. And so I'm very happy to see many more healthy edibles coming on the market in the last couple of years. And I think that's going to be a, a growing segment of that market. 
as well as the ability for people to cook at home. And there's a lot more infused oils on the market now that make it very easy to measure and dose and add that infused oil to whatever you're eating anyway. And so I think that's a much more holistic way to approach adding cannabis to your diet. Do you think that someday edibles will pass up smoking and vaping and evolve into being the distribution method of choice for the majority of users? I do, actually. I think that we'll see that maybe in five to ten years, edibles eclipsing smokables as the most preferred way of ingesting. And the low-dose trend has a lot to do with that. So now when people can find their minimum effective dose, even if it's just a five milligram little mint or something that helps them get through their day, that's going to be a great option for a lot of people who would be put off by the idea of having an overwhelming psychedelic experience. How about home gardening for overall wellness? For people who have the option, how helpful can gardening be to supplement or source our good organic vegetables, spices, and herbs? If you can grow cannabis yourself, definitely go for it because you're going to be so much more involved in your treatment program. And you're going to, you know, I used to, volunteer at WAM in Santa Cruz, which is the Women and Men's Alliance for Medical Marijuana. And it's a fantastic, you know, historical collective that's been in business since 1993. And part of their program is that members of the collective go up to the garden and they help to tend the plants. And WAM primarily services people who are dealing with serious terminal or chronic illnesses. And the founder, you know, co-founder Valerie Corral, what she would always say is that watching the plants grow and nourishing them and tending to them helps people who are ill because it's just a great activity and seeing that growth can be very healing to people as well as taking part in processing their own medicine. It just, it brings your spirit more into the process of the healing. And so I think when you're growing your own cannabis, you can find the strains that you like, you can make sure that they're free of pesticides And then you can use them in any kind of recipes or in any way that you choose and tailor that program specifically to your needs. So I think that's a wonderful thing to do. And I certainly hope to see more people growing their own supply. My guest is Elise McDonough. She is the author of the official High Times Cannabis Cookbook and Marijuana for Everybody, as well as other awesome books. I am going to take uh, our last Pause for the cause. Hear word from our sponsors and advertisers. Come back with our final question, so don't go anywhere. Time to roll out for the people that let us hemp present. Hang loose. We're coming right back. Are you disturbed by the prescription medication commercials on television and their endless list of side effects? They go on and on, and you end up having to take multiple pills to counteract the problems caused by the first pill. It never ends. Have you looked into CBD as a more natural option? At Saturn Ranch, we produce all-natural CBD topicals and THC-infused edibles. Premium lab-tested hemp-derived CBD is the most important ingredient in our products. From topical bombs, salt scrubs, bath-soaking salts to tinctures and edibles, you're sure to find something to help. Family-owned and operated, we at Saturn Ranch believe in and use our products daily. Don't put anything on your body that you wouldn't put in your body. SaturnRanch.com. The 2017 Southwest Cannabis Conference and Expo makes its way back to the Dallas-Fort Worth area, April 21st to the 23rd at the Fort Worth Convention Center. Register right now at swccexpo.com slash Texas. 
Check out over 150 exhibitors showcasing their businesses and the new advances being made in medical and legal cannabis markets. Plus, hear from an all-star lineup of celebrities, former football players, medical professionals, and more. Join thousands of curious cannabis consumers just like you at the 2017 Southwest Cannabis Conference and Expo, Dallas-Fort Worth. Last-minute registration is open now at swccexpo.com slash Texas. The next generation of vaporizers has arrived. Vuber vaporizers are blazing the way with unparalleled technology for oil, concentrate, or dry flower pens. Providing unsurpassed customer service and expert craftsmanship, Vuber vaporizers use cutting-edge technology, providing a power-packed, smoother vapor with a lifetime guarantee. Experience vaporizing the way it was meant to be. The Vuber way. We're back to Hemp Presents, only on Cannabis Radio. Now, back to our headstrong emperor of hemp, Vivian McPeak. We're back on Hemp Present with our final questions for Elise McDonough. Elise, what exciting projects are you working on today? Well, since leaving High Times, I have been focusing more on doing consulting for different edibles brands, uh, helping them with their marketing, their branding, their packaging, and also, I have been doing event planning, including, you know, small infused dinners, private events, all different kinds of things. And I'm down here in Los Angeles now, and there's just such an exploding scene going on around cannabis right now. There's a lot of really great opportunities. And so hopefully I'll have more exciting projects to be able to announce soon. But right now, it's just a great time to get into the industry. And I'm very, very, you know, optimistic about what lies ahead. How can people find out more uh, and and keep track of your crazy doings in the in the cannabis world? You can follow me on social media on Instagram and Twitter. I have the same handle. It's just Elise McD four twenty. So that's E L I S E M C D four two zero, and that's a great way to get in touch with me. And I keep up on trends in the edibles industry. Well, thank you so much, Elise, for joining us today. Uh, you know, it's always great working with you and David, your man. And, uh, you know, I'm hoping we'll see you at HempFest soon. And I look forward to your next awesome book down the road. Oh, thank you so much, Vivian. It's a really great honor. Always a pleasure. Now I want to get to a weekly feature Hemp Present on CannabisRadio.com. That's the quote of the week. And here it is. And I quote, I've been smoking marijuana for 44 years now, and I think it's a tremendous blessing. And that's Dr. Lester Grinspoon. And that concludes this installment of Hemp Present on Cannabis Radio. I want to thank Brasco, my man in the control room, all the Cannabis Radio sponsors and advertisers. Join me next week for some more reefer repartee and cannabis confabulation with some special Hempo sapien on a journey to justice. Because when it comes to prohibition, you've got the right not to remain silent. Activism requires a voice, so find yours and speak up for justice because resistance is fertile. Till then, my friends, stay strong, stand tall, and toke it easy, and don't forget to email me at hempresent at gmail.com. The Hempresent theme song, Take Back the Plants, performed by Stickbush, sung by a much younger version of myself. Turn up the music, maestro. I'm out.
The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. 